God is at work all around us, and this morning on MyBridge, we are really looking forward to connecting with Emily Van Horn about how God has carried her through some really tough seasons and is faithfully at work both in and through her life. Emily, welcome to the Morning Conversation. Good morning, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Yeah, so we're looking forward to talking about uh, God at work in your life, and uh, you know, we learned about your the pastor at Faith Community Church there in O'Neill that uh, I believe you attend, and he said, you guys have got to hear her faith journey, which everyone's faith journey is awesome, right? Because it's the reality of Jesus working in a life and to his glory. So let's just kind of dive in here this morning. What was your growing up years like for you? You know, I believe that God intends our mess to become our message. And so we can't determine what happens to us, but we can determine how we respond to it. So so with that, you know, we grew up in a large household. My parents were absolutely outnumbered by all the kids. So how many kids are we talking about? Okay, there's five of us. Oh, yeah. That's a big family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just weren't raised in a Christian home. And so my parents just didn't know who Jesus was. And so they only raised us the only way they knew how. About when I was eight years old, behind closed doors, I had kids at school who were taking advantage of me. And so that was really scary. I didn't know what was going on. I constantly lived in a state of panic and worry because I didn't know. I, I was scared to go to school. That developed severe anxiety in me. And so I naturally started falling behind in school, couldn't talk. I couldn't read until I was a freshman in high school. Fast forward to senior year, I ended up finding some paperwork that told me that I was actually adopted Mm. by my dad. That was really hard to just know that you were lied to, that they weren't going to tell you this truth. And so I resented my parents quickly. And that turned into feeling really abandoned and just wondering, what is it about me that nobody wants to care for me? And trying to cope with that, I decided the fastest way to run away is join the military. What I didn't know at the time, but what I know now is that God has a very different perspective on our lives than we do. Everyone takes that test. It's called the ASVAB. If you join the military, it's easier than the ACT. Okay. I failed that test three times Mm. by one point each time. Wow. One point. And I remember the recruiter just being like looking at me dumbfounded and he's like, you know, the test is the exact same, right? And I was like, no. And so I left devastated. I felt stupid. Um, And this just confirmed all the insecurities Mm. of feeling inadequate and feeling unwanted. And so I fell into a deep depression and I started to think of ways to leave this world like I was going to um, end my life. Emily, you're just sharing about the reality of life that you grew up in, which was not uh, fairy tales and roses. It was hard, right? And went through a lot of things that uh, we wouldn't want anybody to go through. So brought you to a pretty broken state and you didn't come from a Christian home. Somewhere in the process, God intervened in your story. So what was that? What was that intervention? Yeah, I get chills every time I think about it because you know, I was planning to end my life. Um, I didn't really want to go, but I was like, I'm just, so, I'm so numb. Like, I just want the pain to end. And a couple of weeks later, a high school friend who never texts me ever. And he goes, Hey, do you want to go to a concert with me? And I said, absolutely. I would love to rock on, you know, <laughs> as one last woo and have some fun, you know? Mm. And that night, it was an outreach ministry called the Todd Becker Foundation. And it was not the concert I was expecting. I was 17 years old. I was truly moved 
something inside me was stirring and it was hard to contain. You know, for years, I didn't allow myself to cry because um, I had to be tough. I had to be strong. And so that night I was healed. And by God's mercy, you know, I was healed and I was set free and I was given a new nature. I no longer had to live in the identity with anything other than God's truth and especially the self-inflicted wounded identities that I had adopted. Now, Emily, do you remember Um, what you heard? I mean, I I know that was a little bit ago, not too long ago, but it was a little bit ago. And, uh, and I know in my own story, it was more just the spirit of God, you know, working through those words, but the the experience was even more in a sense, powerful than the specific words. But do you remember what kind of caught your, your heart that uh, pierced your, your soul? His brother died. Um, he was in an accident due to Um, There was alcohol involved and I have never touched alcohol in my life at that point. And I was just torn apart thinking, oh my gosh, he's actually gone. I'm I'm planning on ending my life. And his brother is here just preaching the gospel and saying that there's hope. And I'm like, how is there hope? And, Mm -hmm. and I, I felt it. I knew there was hope. If he could stand up there losing his brother, then I could stand up there. And I knew that God would do something that in him. He was going to heal me and save me. Emily, you uh, come to know Jesus at uh, Todd Becker Foundation uh, concert, which is awesome. We do a lot with Todd Becker, with Keith Becker at the Todd Becker Foundation for numbers, numbers of years. So, so cool to hear like a story, like, and we hear stories from him all the time, but like for me to have a conversation with you is pretty cool. What changed, right? So you go in to that experience at the Todd Becker Foundation concert, uh, very broken, a lot of anxiety, uh, pretty, a lot of disdain for your own life. What began to change? Yeah. So like I said, I, I could not contain this. Like I was like jumping for joy, like literally jumping. I remember jumping on the phone call right away and I called my best friend and I said, I'm a Christian now. I know what, Mm. who the Lord is. I know what he's done for me. And she's like, okay, get plugged into a small group. And so immediately I get, I talked to my friend and he's like, yep, get plugged into a small group. And there they really just taught me the gospel. They preached it every day in their lives and through the Bible. And it was just incredible. I mean, I had so many questions, Mm. you know? And so now that I'm not in the military, (laughs) I was like, well, I better go to college. You know, I moved to Lincoln and it wasn't early it wasn't easy for me um, in my early Christian life. You know, I wandered in and out walking in God's truth. Um, Just like many Christians, I was walking ahead of God and expecting him to follow me. And so I learned pretty quickly that you cannot be friendly with sin and expect your life to remain unaffected. And so a few months later, after that moment, I actually found myself drinking for the first time, following the wrong crowd. Um, And I was just doing things that were out of character for me. And I ended up in a house Um, that I don't remember much, but I woke up knowing that I was um, a victim of assault now. And I was completely shaken by this. I hid in my house for days. Um, I was just so filled with shame. And I was like, Jesus, where are you in this? And, you know, I remembered that Jesus, and I felt that Jesus meets us in our hiding places. He leans in as a fellow sufferer. He's the one who endured the cross and set us free. And in that dark time of my life, he extended an invitation to me again, reminding me that he is in Psalms 34, eight, he is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so he just renewed my life again. And I never went back to that lifestyle. So Emily, as we've been kind of talking about your story, talking to your story this morning, obviously there, there's, there was a lot of you know hard stuff that just happened to you. And then there were hard stuff that you chose and 
put yourself in harm's way and not that you deserved anything, but you, you put yourself in some compromising situations and did some compromising things. Yeah. I'd love to kind of hear about your learning about and grappling with and receiving and the experience of receiving like forgiveness. Like when you begin to realize what it really meant for God to forgive you. Yeah. It's a daily thing. Mm -hmm. The Bible, obviously, I mean, I could say all the verses of where it, where it talks about forgiveness, but if you're not have a vertical love with the Lord, like you're not going to understand how to forgive. And I learned a lot through the Bible, but also a lot from Corey Ten Boone's story and just how she could forgive what happened to her. And I was like, okay, if she can forgive, then I can learn to forgive. And so what I learned from her was that, you know, when you don't learn to forgive, you are bounding yourself in the prison of your own pain. I made a choice that I was going to own my story and I was going to embrace it. I was going to deal with it. And I was going to face all the facts and the impact that it had on my life because I didn't want to walk outside of my calling and be numbed, disconnected. And I didn't want to be the victim. Mm -hmm. God said, you're not the victim. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I get asked like, aren't you mad? He didn't protect you. And, you know, I think the best answer I can give to that is what the Holy Spirit taught me. It's like, you live in a fallen world. I did not create the world like this. You live with people and you live with sin. And I don't prevent people's free will, like you said. And I give everyone free will. And so if they choose to harm you, then he, I, the Lord have the power to redeem you and to heal you. And so that's why I look to Jesus because that is why he became a sacrifice for us. He became hated. He was marginalized. He was spit on and he was abused. And so if Jesus could go through that abuse and yet was perfect in all of his ways, and he was still able to forgive because of his vertical love with Christ, then I can, he says, I can have that too. Emily, um, again, heard lots of your story today, which is awesome. Love the reality of Jesus and his work in your life. Grace, forgiveness, hope, restoration. And uh, somewhere along the way in the process of all that happening, you met this guy, right? And Lane, and you got, you got married. So when did Lane come into the story and uh, how did you see Jesus in that? Yeah. Lane came into the story. I went to the Todd Becker foundation. And then a few months later, I went to college just to give the short outline again. And then um, I was a victim to assault and like I said, I never changed. I changed my life completely after that. And I said, okay, I, I clearly need to drop those friends. I quit my job. I mean, I, I literally was like, I have to do something different. I moved with a group of girls who know the Lord and they got me plugged into crew at Campus Crusade for Christ. And I kind of had this like identity that I had to find my worth in men. You know, I was, I was confused with not knowing the truth of my life. And then I, you know, I had some boyfriends growing up. The Lord just clearly told me, Hey, like you need to focus on me and I will, I'll help you with the rest. And so I did. And so when I noticed Lane, I was like, Lord, that guy is cute. <laughs> like, what do I do about this feeling? I'm pretty like an open book. And so when I met him, I was like, how do I flirt with a Christian guy? Like, this is new to me, you know? And so I run up to him. I was like, hi, my name's Emily. He goes, hi, you know, I'm Lane. And I was like, I'm missing a tooth. And I just opened my mouth and I showed him I was missing a tooth. And he goes, wow, that is really cool. Like, I, let's talk about it. And so he's like, let's go get some coffee with some friends. And I was like, he just said yes. Like, and so we always that's joke weird. about that. Like that, uh, that's how we met really. But I never had a boyfriend like Lane. He is just just a faithful servant and he loves the Lord with all his heart. And so he was really teaching me Christ's love and how he was responding to me and things and loving me through my mess. 
And, you know, I remember like talking to him about this, like, how did you not, like, how did you get along with me? He's like, well, you were pretty hard because Mm. of the stuff I went through. You know, he's like, I just knew that, you know, he's like, God just gave me assurance that we would get through this together. And we've been married for eight years now. Emily, you shared earlier this morning that uh, you found out your senior year in high school that the man who you thought was your biological father actually had adopted you. And you were pretty angry about that at the time. So how did God continue to work in that situation? I was pretty bitter, you know, and it was like I said, I had to really work through that forgiveness, but I needed to set some boundaries. So I really just separated for a while because I needed to get right with the Lord. I didn't know that at the time. Now I do know, like, that's why I set boundaries with my family. Um, and just taking a step back because, you know, they were doing the best they could. They really thought that was in my best interest to not tell me, um, but it really hurt me. And so I guess to work through that, like I had to lean on the Lord for all that forgiveness. And then I also had this unknowing of like, well, who is this man? God really showed up in that story too. And so I searched, Lane and I searched for a long time trying to figure out who he was. I mean, this is just how gracious our Lord is, right? So I finally years, I mean, this is years after I found out, I decided, Lord, okay, like I'm going to surrender this to you. And I don't need to know who he is because I know who you are and you will not abandon. Even though I feel like they did, you own me. I'm your child. And so as soon as I opened my hands and released that, I'm not joking. The next week, I got a message on Facebook saying, hey, I'm actually your aunt. Your dad's in town in Lincoln. Wow. He would like to meet you. He's at a funeral. Would you like to meet him? And I was like, is this a joke? Like, I was like, yes, I would love to meet him. It was so fun when I met him. As soon as he walked in, I knew I'm like, that's him. It's him. We look so pretty similar, you know? And when he walked in, he threw his arms up. He goes, happy birthday. And I was like, it is not my birthday. And he, and then he started saying my birthday and then my sibling's birthday. What he was doing was confirming, I, I know you mm-hmm. and you are my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, he, he just embraced me and we got to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. But through that, you know, I still, I still adore my parents, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to honor and respect them. And I hurt them and they hurt me. And so I had to ask for forgiveness for how I handle things with my parents. And then they asked for forgiveness also. And we have actually been able to come back and I've been able to share the gospel with them. Some of my siblings even have a Bible in their hands now. And it's just so crazy how, I mean, it's not crazy. It's the Lord. It's how he does things. He works miracles, you know, of how now we're in relationship with each other. And I love my parents and I love everything that they're learning from the Lord. So Emily, we, uh, Christmas is almost here. And uh, so I understand that you hosted a birthday party for Jesus, which sounds super cool. Yes. So yeah, talk, talk to us about that. Happy birthday, Jesus. So I have a few kids now and I was like, you know, I, we're all about preaching the gospel to yourself. And we believe in the power, just like everyone listening today, every, you listen, everyone. We believe in the power of Jesus. And so I was like, why don't we celebrate Jesus by celebrating his birthday? And so it's basically just everything. Like we have balloons, we have candles, you know, hot chocolate, coffee for the moms. Um, <laughs> and we have activities. So with, with our group right now, it's a lot of younger kids. So our activities right now are coloring pages. For example, I um, went to our local grocery store and I bought brown bags, the brown paper bags, and I cut a big star out of it. And I hung it up um, by the Christmas tree where I put a little manger and the chill. And we just walked through the Bible story. We just 
come in and we just say, you know, what does the star represent? What is the manger? You know, where are the wise men? And so they have to go find the wise men in the house. And really, we're just celebrating Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it is. And the kids love it. Emily, uh, you, you kind of shared before we even got on the air today that you, you and your husband ranch, right? Up in the O'Neill area. So, uh, I mean, you've kind of seek to kind of bring a kingdom mindset to to that business as well. So how does that, how does your faith play out in the day-to-day in the way that you and your husband go about your business? Like ranching, farming, agriculture is a whole nother world that I think <laughs> Lane and I feel, we feel pretty called to bring it to light. Like there's a lot of hurting people, um, hurting businesses here. And so we just believe that you become effective when you become selective. And so Lane and I are trying to just preach the gospel with who we hire and just how we go about our lives. We love to pray the Lord's Prayer. There is power in the Lord's Prayer. Mm. I call it the six piece. It's an outline of literally His promises, His priorities, the provision He wants on our lives, how to love people, the power that He gives us, and then how we can praise Him. And so something that Lane and I, when we moved here, we knew that this land, this country here needs a lot of prayer, needs a lot of love, mm-hmm. um, and, and handle it with care. So Emily, we're about to turn into a new year as well. 2023 is upon us. <laughs> so, uh, what are you looking forward to in, in the new year? I've been really praying through that as well. And I, do you know who John Maxwell is? I do. Yeah. Really, really appreciate him and just authenticity of his life. That's really what I'm looking forward to is one eliminating ruthlessly, I should say, eliminating hurry in my life. Mm-hmm. All the distractions I got rid of social media for maybe it's been six months now. And I cannot tell you the difference it has made in my life, just focusing on what's in front of me. And, um, you know, I'm just really looking forward to what God is going to teach me. I just pray it's in Psalms 119, 18. It's, it says, Lord, teach me your wonderful laws so that I may rest in it. And that's exactly what I'm praying for. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being willing to share your story with us this morning, even the parts that are hard to talk about. Really, really appreciate you spending the morning with us today. Thank you. Have a good day.